are using all kinds of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. When I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations to all our fellow Skywatchers listening in. That's right, every one of you listening out there through the cosmos on the planet Earth. Thank you so much for being here with us on Skywatchers Radio. Thank you all for this amazing chance to broadcast live right into your ears February 27th, 2018. With me as always is my radio hetero life mate, the one and only Alan Weiler. Alan, say hi to the folks. Hi, folks. Uh, you know what I really noticed that was really cool? Do you know that uh, this month is the 35th anniversary of Fraggle Rock? I did not know that, and as usual, I don't know if you, you are, care or not. You are I've... the man with the most useless information. <laughs> Why, thank you. I try, I try. Now, uh, how are you doing, by the way? How are you feeling? I uh, heard there was, you know, a slight little mess up earlier today. Um, there's been all kinds of mess ups in the uh, Espino household. Uh, Finally, I heard you got banged. Whoa. You got banged. Who told you that well, nonsense? Well, 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 you got banged, but not the way everybody wants you to get banged. Oh, you're talking about the car bang. That's right, car accident. Yeah. Yes. He got yeah. banged so good in the back seat. He fell. He went flying into the back seat. He got banged. Yeah, I don't know where you're going with that, by the way. That's, uh, to the gutter, to the gutter. As usual. Yep, uh, yep. Yeah, no, I had a... It was actually last week on the 23rd, I had a little bit of an accident. Uh, and my car got totaled. So it wasn't that little of an accident. It was actually a, a pretty... It was, it was a pretty bad accident. Uh, luckily for me, though, uh, I'm, I guess I'm either uh, made out of, like, the same material that Bruce Willis was made out of in Unbreakable. Oh, Okay. Uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, Plastic Man, and they're making I, a sequel. Even though he showed up in uh, what's he, his character showed up in that movie with um, Young Xavier, uh, Split. Split. That was it. Right. Split. Right. 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 I I, I came up uh, pretty good. I, I mean, I'm still here. I'm breathing, but my car is uh, pretty badly damaged, and uh, you know, Sorry it is what it is. Uh, yeah, you know, I I, I did come up though. I, I uh, got another car. I upgraded, which is great. I, I had a 2008 Chevy Impala, and I got a 2010 Chevy Impala, so I'm coming up in the world. Yo, it's a Chevy, Chevy Impala, Chevy. I got a Chevy Impala. Chevy Impala, that's just... <laughs> wow. That's all I'm going to say is, wow. <laughs> these, things, these things happen, what, what can you say? By the way, joining us here on the uh, show tonight is the one and only, the unscrupable, the undeniable, the undestructible... So, uh, what? Well, it's everything un, 
Yes. And he okay. is unapologetic. Yes, we'll agree go. with that. Yes, yes. The one and only, Jesse Randolph. Mr. Euphonaut Radio himself. Welcome. How you doing, sir? Good, guys. How are you? Excellent, Jesse. What is the good word for the night? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So much going on. I wouldn't even know where to begin, but we must. Start from the beginning, kind of, <laughs> sort of. And before Jesse goes on, I also wanted to bring on board the undeniably cool collective, Uh-oh. the voice of so much reason, <laughs> my uh, amigo to the end of time, the one the only... Christopher J. Brown. What's up, buddy? Welcome to the show, also. Chris! The Honorable. Oh. oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, everybody, get your fingers out of the way. I'm hungry. I'm ready to bite them. <laughs> is, that, is that what we're going to call finger food? Hey, get back. Come on. Come on. That's all finger food. That's right. Get your girlfriends over here. I feel like hitting somebody around. Come on. Oh, get them away. Jesus, really? Whoa. Whoa. Says so Chris Brown, don't play around, Okay. Yeah, Someone's he ain't, he ain't playing. That's right. <laughs> Someone's going to get fingered for food. That's all we're going to say. Wow. You know what? Yeah, I know. It's like today is a go to the gutter kind of a day for me, folks. Sorry. Yeah, he's right. he's having one of those days, folks. You know what? What can you say? Uh, we we you know, guys, we're going to have a great first hour. We're going to have a, a lot of news to get to, a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, this uh, you know, this is great to have you, all you guys on the panel here with me on Sky Watchers. Uh, it's one of my last shows, as you guys know. Uh, I'm leaving the uh, the uh, show here pretty soon, full time. Clock is ticking. Clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. We, you know, we're, we've been talking to a few folks, and we're gonna have an answer as to who the new uh, co-host to the other guy here is uh, gonna be pretty soon. And uh, it's uh, it's uh, coming down to a few people that we're never gonna down to. Uh, but it's going to be uh, an ongoing thing. But, guys, we have a fantastic... Think, is it like the, the Bachelor? Is it like the Bachelor? Whoa, 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 Yes, oh, yeah, and I'm they, so looking forward to that. Yeah. And they must make some kind of, uh, you know, Skype love. You know, that has yeah. to happen. <laughs> <laughs> really, no. Okay. Oh, they, yeah. have, they have to. They have to get intimate because he has to be. He or she has to be your, your radio head or a life mate, or yes. you know. It sounds uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, it, it, I, I'm thinking it's going to be. But you know, it'll be what it'll be. You know, I'm I'm sure we'll end up with someone halfway decent. You know, especially if Angel's going to be interviewing them and running through their paces. You know, I don't know who exactly all the candidates are, but you know, maybe we should actually put a vote online to. Uh, I'm going to throw my. Know. I'm going to throw my. Uh, not my personal name, but I'm going to throw a name in the hat. You ready? Oh yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh, there you're going to say. Well, I don't know what you're going to say. What, uh, has uh, anyone reached out to Crystal Storm? Uh, I, I know she's preoccupied with stuff, yep. but we could she's try. A, she's a woman in hoodie, man. She's busy, and these women in hoodies yeah, are busy. But, you know, she <laughs> she hold, she always holds the subject dear to her heart, and she was very very good at it. Obviously, she and, was. Yeah. This could but be, she uh, remember she she yeah remember she uh, she left the show to pursue other uh, endeavors and indeed, to start indeed. and to start up uh, another network. By the way, Has uh, anyone you know? contacted so. uh, Art Bell? Anyone reached out to Art? <laughs> oh yeah! Maybe he'll come back again for like the eighteenth time before he retires after two months. No, I want stability, Jesse Randolph. I want Has stability on the out? show. I gotta throw one more, David. All right, no, shut up. Has anyone <laughs> reached out to Stan Romanek? 
Because he's going to have a lot of time. On no, 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 yes. no. Okay, I got one name to throw in. Let's throw in Zahi Hawass. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah you, try, you try saying that every episode as you're doing the intro monologue now, other guy. See, <laughs> my co-host. Zahi I'm not even going to say it. I think I've overstand, though. I, I really I think Jaime Musan should be your co-host. That would be interesting. Ooh, good idea. You'd have a hoax every week on the show. <laughs> yeah, just kind of UFO hoax. That's the name of the show. Skywatchers Radio, well, the hoax every, edition. Every week he would tell everybody, this next week, we are having an alien, and he is actually going to come down to uh, and speak on the show personally from his ship, and he might even take us a tour. Stay tuned next week, everybody. I mean, can you imagine the conversations that the other guy could have with Jaime Musan? I feel very bad, very, very bad. But, you know, other guy, we, we went, we did so much work, and these aliens, they, they, they look, look, this is mummy. <laughs> That's like Bill Mummy? Yes. Okay. And I know I'm telling you right now. I believe this is alien extraterrestrial. I'm okay. telling you, you know. Uh, <laughs> and all he's doing is pointing out a Taco Bell sign. That's all that Jaime is really doing is Taco Bell. Because Taco Bell is definitely extraterrestrial. If you don't believe me, go have some. You know that scene in Aliens when it pops out of the guy's stomach? That's Hello. Oh, I love that. Hello. <laughs> Did you ever see the one where they rip on it? I forgot which. Uh, I forgot yeah, which show did it where balls. they have. Was it? Was it Spaceballs? Yeah, man, Spaceballs. Yeah. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. I mean, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, that was just brilliant. Yes, that was, it was brilliant. Come on, Mel Brooks. Come on. Mel Brooks is definitely the classic man. That's right. So uh, that's what we have for you guys. Still going, by the way. Mel Brooks that pushed to ninety years old. You know? yeah. yeah, probably probably beyond that. Almost, he's almost as old as Stan Lee. It's incredible. Yeah, amazing. By the way, guys, not only do we have a lot of news to getting back on topic and track here before we derail the show completely. Oh, we never uh, do No, never. Uh, we have a lot of a lot of stuff to cover. We have Jesse, of course, and uh, we have Chris here who, who? covered news for us, uh, and. Uh, but, 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 once again, I'm very excited about our guest tonight, Mr. Rich Hoffman, who's going to join us again on the second hour of the show. Uh, Rich, who we met in Orlando at the uh, MUFON Symposium back in 2016, and uh, instantly, oh, yeah. he became one of our favorites here on the show, and, uh, you know, I don't know if it was the groovy tie, the uh, bow tie that he had, I mean, this man makes bow ties look cool. No, he does. he does not. The doctor does. He makes him cooler than the doctor, I say. No, no, he doesn't. Yes, he does. And That's it's, it, a lie. I don't know if it was that or his awesome personality, but we love uh, Rich on the show here. And, uh, uh, you know, since you know last time we spoke, he's uh, no longer with MUFON. He's on a different path now, and uh, he works as one of the uh, board members of the Scientific Coalition for Ufology. SCU, oh. and uh, he's also supporting uh, UFO data under the CUFOs uh, acronym. And uh, tonight we're going to find out more about why he left MUFON. What's the uh, yeah, let's you know. rag on that MUFON? Let's put these people together. Let's suppose. Why well, did that wouldn't go all, all out yet? Let's find out first what happened. 
You know, let's find out what happened. And then, then we can rag on them if it's, uh, you know, raggable. Is that even a raggable? word? Raggable? Raggable? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I don't want to say too much negative <laughs> about MUFON. Personally, myself, I've, you know, they've they've done, I guess, me good, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I've had nothing but good experiences with MUFON personally on my own personal levels. I can't speak for other folks. Um, you know, I've uh, enjoyed, uh, you know, nothing but uh, good times. Uh, not only at the symposium, but, you know, author conversations, guests uh, that are members of MUFON have been very gracious uh, to both yep. this show and my other shows. And i got nothing but, you know, good things to say about those folks, who I do respect because, you know what, they uh, are on the front line of this thing called ufology. You know, there's a little thing that we like to play around with, this uh, UFOlogy. You know, who are the other guys you all think about when uh, you want to investigate a case? MUFON, right? I mean, they've always been kind of like at the tip of the tongue. That's who I was to told stuff, when my so. encounter happened is MUFON. That's exactly the number one yeah. people. My, they told me if I didn't go through MUFON, then I was... You're wasting you know, your time. Wasting my time. You name yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you gotta respect that. They're the number one authority, I believe, when it comes to, uh, this stuff. But look, other, other institutions are uh, rising. We've seen that over the last few years. You know, we have the, uh, the guy groups, which we're gonna get to, uh, some, uh, news that uh, has come out of, uh, that camp. And, uh, Jesse knows what I'm talking about. He's gonna get to that in a minute here. And, uh, there's, uh, you know, other groups out there, uh, like the free, uh, group. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, people out there all over the place creating their own uh, little institutions. I don't know, some for money, some for actual research. They actually want to get to the bottom of what's going on in the world of ufology. Uh, but my hat's off to anybody who's actually taking this stuff serious, who's not just in it for the money or for the hoaxing. They create money for them. Uh, you know, that's the reason I got into it is to actually make a difference. And I don't really give a crap about making the money. I care about actually finding out what the hell's going on. And uh, anybody who's on that same boat, my hat's off to you. So, and for decades now, MUFON has been at the uh, forefront of that fight. So I have, like I said, nothing negative to say about them. I love Rich Hoffman. I think he's a gentleman and a scholar, and I love those bull ties. And, uh, you know, I want to find out what happened. You know, what, what was the drift that drove them apart? But more than that, I just want to know more about his, uh, his program here with, uh, SCU and, um, and we'll go from there. That, that's going to be in the second hour. We have a little bit of time left. And uh, before any further delay, I want to now uh, you know, bring Jesse on to the main uh, microphone here. And uh, let's, uh, let's see. What do you have for us this week, Jesse? Well, uh, first, I, I got to throw one more name into the hat. Oh, boy. Here uh, we go. Uh, one more. And then right, I'm, one I'm more. done. Uh, has, anyone, has anyone reached out to Solaris Blue Raven? Well, then, I just want to get me all mad. <laughs> Actually, I would love to see that because as fast as she speaks and as slow as sometimes the other guy answers questions, it'll make for a very dynamic, interesting duel. Slowly. I'm no, not sorry. like that. Not like that. It's just that sometimes you, you drift off and like it, it takes a while to like get oh, your attention. I go on yeah, yeah. Yeah. I really and then we ask you entertaining too some. Yeah, no, then we ask you a question and you start answering stuff that has something to do with the question we just asked. And we have to kind of bring right, you back I around. Do go on tangents. Yes. And I am sorry. I So I, do I would as, and, as fast as she talks again, I would love to see that. That would be a, a, a hell of a, of a of a duo. So we yeah. can make that happen. I'm thinking in terms of entertainment <laughs> factor alone. Completely I agree 100%. 
I don't even know if you guys will even need guests. No. No. Okay. No. All right, let's no, get Okay, okay, one at a time. Here we go. Why don't we talk news, guys? Let's um, do that, Jesse. Lot, lots going on. Obviously, uh, the big UFO Congress, International Congress, happened last weekend. Uh, I'm sorry, it's two weeks now, I believe. It was two weeks ago. Uh, Linda Moulton Howe did some live streaming that quasi-worked. Uh, I'm becoming a, a pretty quasi-fan of John Burroughs, the co-host over there, because... Yep. Uh, he is holding people accountable, and he is going for the throat. He had oh, Alejandro really? Rojas on recently uh, from Open Minds, and everybody here knows Alejandro well, and some of us are oh, yeah. uh, yep. friends with him. He's a nice guy, no doubt. You know, love Alejandro. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he's a force in ufology. He has always been. He's uh, he was the uh, direct. He was a director at Mufon for a long time, and, and Open Minds has been his. He's sort of been the, the poster boy for Open Mind since its inception, right? He's one of the co-creators. Right. Well, we can use that word, poster boy, sure. Sure, why not? Yeah. Anyways, uh, let's, let's just say right up front that to the Stars Academy, everyone knows what happened right before the holidays where they were credited with release of some videos that not only most of the major newswires picked up on and wrote articles about and did interviews with the pilot, supposed pilot. Um, that observed these crafts that people were seeing on television. To this day, there is no direct link uh, from the pilot to the, any of these videos. Uh, just so people know that, that is one of the holes that we're trying to have filled as we speak. Um, so a lot of people were going to the Congress this year. Why? Because to the Stars Academy, uh, Luis Elizondo, who uh, was the person in charge, uh, supposedly, of this top-secret uh, air threat program within the Department of Defense and then joined to the Stars Academy because he decided to quit because he was unhappy with the progress and the uh, the the way that the uh, DOD was taking this and, and they weren't making it a priority. Um, if we believe that story, that's fine. People were really giving them the benefit of doubt going into January and saying, hey, there's some videos going on, there's some really top-level people from inside the government on the To the Stars Academy panel and board of directors, Hal Putoff, etc. People are familiar with his work. So let's fast forward. January comes around, nothing. Okay, The month of January went silent. So if you were going to do a big junket, uh, not, not only you're trying to raise money, they've raised uh, $2.5 million so far, um, things started to, to really take shape. Uh, right before the holidays that were also negative. Uh, everyone remembers Tom DeLong doing Joe Rogan show where he yep. totally, totally botched. Okay, he he, he uh, couldn't have done a, a worse job probably. So a lot of people went into the new year thinking, wow, this is really weird. Um, it turns out that to this day, we're at, uh, what, February 27th, 2018. Tom DeLong has really said absolutely zero, both uh, within Twitter and Facebook regarding To the Stars Academy. He's retweet, retweeted some things, some articles and such, but he has not made any statements. He has not done any interviews. So basically, in a nutshell, Open Minds gives Tom DeLong the award for UFO Researcher of, uh, of the Year last year at the Congress. This year, right. not only not this year, not only does Tom DeLong not come, 
Hmm. But but Luis Elizondo, who has really taken up the 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 throne here, he's the, the seat at the throne here. Um, even though Tom's the CEO of To the Stars Academy, uh, Luis Elizondo is doing all the interviews now. So from January first to today, uh, the only person talking to press or George Knapp on Coast, uh, which we'll get to, and what a missed opportunity that was, or uh, somebody's uh, shaking hands with a lot of people over there. Um, the point being is that Tom DeLong is gone. We don't know what happened to him. Nobody's saying a word. It doesn't look bad. Obviously, it does. So people going to the Congress, back to the Congress, are thinking, okay, Elizondo's going to come. Uh, that's worth it in itself to go down to this thing, right? Okay, so I'll plunk down the grand and go to this thing. Sure enough, they pull out. Elizondo claims he's got some sort of surgery thing and, and, and can't do it, but he's willing to do a taped interview. Okay, great. We'll come down there and do it, open minds. Negative. We're going to do an interview. You submit questions, and we'll do it here and send it to you. So, again, uh, this group that claims they're kind of on our team, one of us, as Tom has said multiple times, uh, as a ufologist, I, I would imagine him saying, um, has really become a very secretive group. And not only that, but more cracks in the windshield started to happen as of two weeks ago. And I refer to okay. uh, what I teased to you guys before uh, the show began, which is that for once in my life, I agree oh. with some things that have come out yeah. of David Wilcock and Jimmy oh. Church's mouth, which I oh, never thought it would ever happen. Yeah, it was... It was a double take. That uh, now, granted, I don't believe that we're going uh, trying to expose this group or open up this group for people to see what it's really about. I guess that's the same thing. Uh, I don't think we're doing it for the same reasons. Okay, I think uh, David Wilcox camp uh, over at the Gaia camp uh, and Jimmy, who works with them side by side. By side one would think that it would be very hypocritical for those guys to be bashing to the Stars Academy for lack of proof or uh, some other things that may have gone uh, awry. And I allude to uh, this article two weeks ago from Wired Magazine. Now, again, mainstream news. Uh, I urge everybody to read this article. It's called What is Up with Those Pentagon UFO Videos? It's uh, February 17, 2018 by Sarah Scholes. And she really goes into detail about why these videos aren't everything you think that they are and why they, to a certain degree, are somewhat useless right now. Uh, and what she really breaks down is the lack of clear chain custody of these videos. Not only the lack of clear chain custody, we don't really know who released these videos. And for some reason, To The Stars Academy has been able to take credit for most of it. But at the end of the day, they are not the people that released these videos. So m much of this information was already available on the web 10 years ago. And Jeremy Corbert, who was on, um, <clears throat> on the radio just a couple of weeks ago, uh, had access to all this information. Not only that, but we find out that these DOD videos that they're talking about have never even been classified. Now, Luis Elizondo is trying to uh, uh, deal with some of that, and then another crack in the windshield happens, and they find out that one of the pictures, and this is a bad crack, guys. One of the pictures in the To the Stars Academy presentation was a Mylar balloon. It was a photograph of a Mylar ah. balloon that was utilized on a big screen for a big who-to-do presentation to the world. 
And that just put everybody on edge. That just said, everybody hold up. <laughs> so we have people coming to this Congress wanting to see Luis Elizondo, who you would think would get UFO Researcher of the Year or some sort of new trophy that Open Minds could come up with because uh, he quit the DOD because he was so upset about the lack of concern about the aerial threat of UFOs. Right? That's what we are supposed to believe. Then they have this Mylar balloon used during their presentation. What was the point of that? Was that just an, a mistake? One would think that's strange. There's also a big controversy going on, gentlemen, with the word aerospace versus aviation. And a lot of people are looking into whether the word aerospace was even a part of the top secret DOD Department of Defense's uh, top secret supposed UFO or UAP program. Apparently, aviation was the correct word, and aerospace was utilized because it sounds more spacey. That's right. another problem, <laughs> another crack in the windshield. Now, granted, you could easily say, which is what Alejandro did to John Burroughs on, uh, on their show recently. Uh, I, I forgot the name of their show. It's the Paranormal Something. <clears throat> He defended these people by saying they don't owe the community anything. They're mm -hmm. trying their best, right? Obviously, these guys equal dollars. Obviously, these guys are good for the sport because right. they bring fresh meat to the table, right? We thought this uh, just like Guy did with Corey Good. Correct. And this yeah. is why yeah. MUFON, who you don't have a problem with, but I do – ruined themselves by allowing Corey Good and the Gaia Freaks to come over and ruin their symposium and trash any sort of credibility that they still had. Why did they do it? Why did they do it? Because they wanted to sell tickets. So Open Minds, I get it, and they're an entertainment company, right? So of course they're going to defend Tom DeLonge and To the Stars and say, hey, you guys are being a bunch of dicks and haters. And so that's what they're doing. If you question anything that's going on by To the Stars Academy, if you question the fact that these people from Skunk Works and other uh, deep state type programs and officials on the, the quasi board of To the Stars don't really know what's going on and don't really know that there's you know 60 years of secrecy behind this subject and they're just dealing with today, um, if you're questioning these things, what is going on is there's this rift going on. So Open Minds, um, some of the KGRA folks, uh, a lot of the Jimmy's uh, team were really supporting yep. Tom DeLong mm -hmm. and saying, hey, you guys are dicks. You know that? You guys hate everybody. You did the same <laughs> thing with Corey. You did yep. the same thing with David. You did the same thing with any other frauds that they throw up there, right? Yeah, the same thing with the, the Nazca mummy, right? Because right. It, remember, Jimmy Church, the day after these, these – uh, these articles came out right before the holidays was saying, this is it. This is disclosure. And he had this huge live yep. cast. He did, and he yeah. really capitalized on promoting it, which you can't fault him for. He's on he's on the, the cusp. He's, he's following what's going on, and he's saying, how can I gain listenership through this and support it? Well, guess what? Now they have done such a bad job to the Stars Academy of pissing everyone off even the people that were supporting them, that really the only people that have left is open minds. Everyone else is pretty much pissed at them because if you watch, and I urge everybody here to do it, what's neat is that the taped interview is live right now. You can go watch it, okay? And it is so sandbaggy. 
and is so riddled with non-information, and it doesn't ask the hard questions, of course. Then Elizondo goes on George Knapp uh, for two hours the other night on Coast to discuss just this, and again, they waste about an hour and a half talking about chain of command within the DOD, and they don't end up exploring anything about To the Stars Academy. Now, let's put it this way. These guys aren't just doing it for their own benefit. They want us to think that they quit their jobs and gave up their pensions because they really believe in the subject and disclosure and doing what's right for humanity. Now, I really don't think that anybody believes that anymore. Okay, Uh, Since the end of December 2017, when these two videos broke and all the articles and all the yada yada, what we have seen from them is zero. What we have heard from Elizondo about what's coming up in the future is nothing. He has not been able to state when anything else may come through, if anything else. He was very negative and and not negative, but he was very soft on these questions about what's next. If they really thought that that was their rollout and then to keep public interest, they didn't have anything to back it up. uh, Somebody fell flat on their face. It looks like Tom DeLonge has. That's for sure, because the guy went silent. The only mm-hmm. thing you're going to get out of Tom DeLong since December is beer cozies, beer cozies, uh, uh, hoodies, and skull caps for To the Stars Academy and uh, Angels and Airways, his rock band. Um, he is not <laughs> discussing this. And it's just hilarious to me that the, the core ufology group is the folks who always get picked on for asking questions. And I think it was Tracy Torme was on uh, Don Ecker's show uh, a couple of, uh, last week. And Tracy Torme, if you don't know, he's a, uh, a producer. His dad was Mel Torme, and, yep. and he's been involved in ufology forever, producing films Bri- and such. Brilliant writer, by the way, brilliant writer. He, uh, he wrote the script for Firing the Sky. and Firing is owed to joy. But, but the point yeah. here is that Tracy, Tracy nailed it on the head. Being a skeptic is not being a hater. Being vigilant in asking questions is the whole reason you're supposed to be here. And shame on Mm -hmm. anyone who has come out, especially open minds. And and this is not a personal attack on Alejandro because I think he's a terrific, nice person. I haven't spoke to him in years, but any time I've dealt with the guy, top notch. Yeah. But we have to call a spade a spade here. These people have been handled with kid gloves, and they are not answering the real questions. George Knapp gets very upset when he calls us the haters. Okay, he, he, he is very insulting to the UFO community. And sometimes in a, it almost seems as though they're laughing at us. Well, guess who's laughing now? Because when David Wilcox and Jimmy Church are making sense, that's when you really have fucking screwed the pooch. Okay, and that is... Yeah. yeah. So for once in my life, I agree with both of them. This thing s- smells to high hell. I had said it. Yeah, but until what, until what point do you think uh, they're you know making sense now? Because they're trying to cover their own end, though. I mean, they're not even trying to cover anything. Uh, if you watch the interview with uh, Alizondo <clears throat> uh, for uh, the Congress, he doesn't talk about anything new coming. He says that he doesn't know that anything will ever get released because it's classified. The things that he saw when he was in ATIP, when he was in his program, uh, it's all classified. So not only – the only thing we can confirm is that uh, 
Elizondo worked for the DOD. We can't confirm that he worked for that program. We can't confirm that the pilot that everybody saw on television was connected to any of the videos that were played. That's another false advertisement. So now you have someone saying, hey, you know what? These guys don't owe us anything, right? Open mind saying, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just keep doing what you're doing. we got a high high-profile rock star left rock and roll to be a ufologist, started a group with a bunch of heavyweights from the DOD and Lockheed Martin, etc. Um, uh, and and we're going to poo-poo that? No, that's the future. we got to stick with that one, right? Just like right. JC decided, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Corey Good, I'm going to stick with Wilcox and the Gaia Gang. Um, right. It makes sense for me. Okay, I get it. But we, as the core ufologists, as Tracy Torme pointed out so eloquently... We have to stay true to what Angel was talking about in the beginning of the show. We don't make money for this, okay? Elise, uh, Luis Elizondo claims that he, he gave up so much and that none of this is about money. Well, guess what? We've been in this game a lot longer than, than you, Mr. Elizondo, and I'm sure you still have plenty more in the bank that probably most of ufologists put together. So we really don't want to clear, uh, hear the boo-hoo, and we don't want to hear the boo-hoo from Tom DeLong for sure because he's worth millions. So – at the end of the day, pandering to that part doesn't make any sense. Let's also give some criticism to Coast to Coast and MUFON and some of these major organizations that aren't taking the lead on this and saying, wait a minute, we need to really go after and go for the throat on these things when they come into play because this can be entirely utilized for disinformation purposes. We have no idea what the, the intentions of these people are because they're being so secretive. We have also not heard one word since December about Bob Bigelow and his interaction with this group and how much he has done for them. We also also have heard nobody about really breaking down or analyzing these videos like we uh, last month. So really at the end of the day, uh, the sad part is that MUFON, which you would think would be the central location to bring a story as you pointed out, Chris – or to take the lead on a, a major case like this one, like th these two, right, uh, have dropped the ball and have not done anything. And that's sad because that means that there is no central point of origin for ufology. Now, mm -hmm. some radio people will tell you it's them, right? Coast to Coast will say it's them. JC will say it's them. Clyde Lewis will right. say it's him. But at the end of the day, none of these people have any power. They know just as little as you do. There is only one person that may know more than all the other journalists together, and I will say there's two people who have their hand on the pulse. One is Dark Journalist. He's doing a fantastic job, and he exposed this a month prior to everyone getting hip to it. He exposed it when everyone was calling him a hater for it because he knew it stunk, and he was able to dig deep into it with some of the people he knows. And he's also tight with Linda Moulton Howe, who was asking the right questions. She wasn't right. getting the answers, but from day one, she was saying, wait a minute. This doesn't jive with the mm -hmm. entire UFO lineage for the past 60 years, what you guys are talking about. And the people on board here, it doesn't jive with what we stand for and what we believe in. And sure enough, now everyone is absolutely confused. So coming out of that Congress, that's what you came away with. Now, was I there? No. I tried to cover and, and, and listen to as much as I could that was available. Obviously, people know why I don't go to these things because they're too mm -hmm. expensive. Yeah, I would have loved. Yeah, we got to win the lottery. Well, they make sure that the core ufologists can't afford to go. Right. So it's exactly. not interesting. So exactly. uh, you know, there's something to be said for that. But I will say, gentlemen, it's a very strange time, 
uh, in this subject. And uh, people are trying to kind of move on to other stories, and it's not working out so well. It's sort of like we're at a standstill. Uh, now, Dark Journalist is doing something cool with a story this weekend that I have to push uh, that I think is very worthy on a uh, something called the Nixon ET time capsule. I urge you guys to go check that out. It's a story that he's breaking, um, and it's pretty pretty exciting stuff. Uh, but other than that, there is zero. Okay, now Jim Jim Semivan, one of the board of directors uh, for To the Stars Academy, uh, had a sit down lunch with uh, Melinda Leslie. Does anybody remember Melinda Leslie? Nope. She is a high lab. She's like she's a lady I interviewed her years ago. She she okay. she claims she claims that she's been military abducted many many times over the course of her life. Okay, my lab type stuff, and she does UFO tours, I believe, nightly uh, to look at the stars with infrared gear and cool shit like that. Okay, nice okay. lady. Okay, but for Jim Semivan to sit down with her for a, a lunch. And to ignore all the heavyweights in ufology to this day, none of them. And that's why they're pissed too. I mean, these guys had to know going in, hey, are we going to work with this group? Are we going to have Dolan come into the fray or one of the heavyweights that so we can say, okay, he's on board, so take a chill pill, okay? No, they didn't do that. They made an effort on purpose to make sure that there was a big difference between ufology and To the Stars Academy and what they're doing. And we are separate. We are not joined. And the fact that Tom DeLong is saying, I'm one of you, is absolute bullshit. And if he actually meant it when he said it, it then this thing must have just gotten taken away from him. And I'd be surprised if he's even involved anymore. And if they can't answer yeah. why that guy has vanished, and if they can't answer what their next steps are, which is – I'm not making this up. This is an opinion. Listen to George Knapp's interview with Luis Elizondo two nights ago. Listen to his uh, taped interview. Uh, and also, it's all El- Elizondo at this point. This is all you're seeing is this sort of, you know, guy with his little goatee. And it, it, it's just, it doesn't smell right, guys. It didn't smell right a month ago. But with all the stuff I spewed to you in the past half hour, these cracks in the windshield are deep ones. It is not patch time. It's almost replacement time. And to say that you put a Mylar balloon and suggested that was some sort of alien technology in your presentation as a major slide <laughs> while you're trying to get money from people and trying to raise capital is beyond embarrassing. It almost seems as though there was a point behind it. So is this a self-sabotage effort? We don't know, gentlemen. Uh, but big news, big news. I Amazing guess. news. <laughs> now, to me, I'm going to be honest with you. It really is a world caught up with drama. And it just yeah. sounds like a pack full of drama. And, and you know what? It's, it's, I can't, um, well, for one thing, I'm an experiencer. I never was a UFO guy that sat around listening to the stuff. So it's coming from a different point of view. So that's just my opinion. You know, all I can say is I hope they get over it when everybody's happy. Hey, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. And my thing with this Tom DeLong thing is, uh, I think somebody got to him and, uh, maybe this is why he's disappeared. I do believe that somebody uh, told him to shut up. Hush. Because it's, it, it's all nonsense. I, I, there's, uh, there's gotta be, that's gotta be the reason. In fact, that wasn't well, in, 
to, Angel, to go a little extreme, I wouldn't doubt if we find him dead soon. And I'm not even kidding. Oh my god. Uh, well, you know, you know, don't start planning that ahead of time, man. Come on. Well, I'm just saying, you know, I'm, uh, these I don't things have are any time on my hands right now, and, you know, I don't really know if I want to get back into that. So, you know. <laughs> I'm not talking about <laughs> sure. Hey, you know what? You know, uh, I haven't done any good freelance work in a while, you know, but, you know, you can pay me by PayPal now, so, you know. Hey, listen, <laughs> the, the only speculation we can do at this point is what mm-hmm. everybody knows, which is the last time we saw DeLong in public talking about this and being passionate about it was the Joe Rogan interview. Correct. Because yeah. it went so badly, perhaps they had gotten together, and this is totally speculation. There is no proof to any of this because they are being so secretive. Because mm-hmm. why would a big mouth like Tom DeLonge go silent? Right? Well, he, this yeah, guy but he's, saying he's going to change the world. Yeah, but remember, you're talking about Joe Rogan, also a guy who did a 180 on the subject himself. Uh, he, he remember for a long time he was kissing everybody's ass in ufology and. And then all of a sudden, he completely flipped the switch, and uh, he went after Bill and uh, Bill Burns, by the way, on uh, his own TV show, and just started like, completely, you know, tearing down the narrative that ufology is a real thing, and uh, making everybody, you know, seem to be a kook. So, well, I think, you know, well, it seems as though what happened with Joe to a certain degree seems as though he became friends with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yes, and when that happened, when that relationship solidified. It changed his views on things, yeah. and that can happen to anybody. It could, okay. it could, Who or, maybe the, with, or maybe the, the, the people. I don't blame him. I'm going to be honest with you, coming from an experiencer, I don't blame him because I've heard so much outrant, crazy stories since I've entered this industry mm-hmm. that from a normal person who, who knows nothing about it. <laughs> Knows nothing about it. Get encountered by the stories people are coming up and telling you or something. It's a one. It's a one eighty on what people think. They'll come off you. Guys, think, oh, this guy's real nice, and then they'll, boom, they'll tell you these got land of stories. So yeah, here's, here's the thing. And you know, we can all narrow it down to the one word uh, that Chris just used here: stories. That's mm-hmm. all this is. It, you know, there's. Mm-hmm. It's always, you know, I hear, you know, stories about, uh, you know, people with evidence. Anytime I look at the evidence, it's usually nonsense. Uh, so again, it, it always goes back to where, you know, where it's square one. Whether it's Tom DeLong, whether it's Jimmy, uh, you know, Jaime Mufan, or Jaime Musan, or Mufan, or this, or that, or Free, or Gaia, or David Wilcock, whoever it is, at the end of the day, it all goes back to a bunch of stories and no meat. Nothing real. And that's the problem with ufology. That's where we've been stuck at for the last 70 years. And uh, it's sad. It's sad. Well, you know what, the, the you know what else is sad, too, uh, Angel, and you bring up a good point, is that the only time people have made money in ufology, good money, has been through fraud. Hoaxing and fraud, yeah, in, yeah. On purpose, done intentionally. I'm talking about, obviously, the, the alien autopsy, which would be the, the, most, the highest grossing one, right, with Ray Santilli. Um, and right. uh, then, of course, there's the. Uh, you can go down the list. There's there's so many of them. Uh, you can go down to st- you can go to Stan Romanek. You can go to uh, Dr. Jonathan Reed. You can go to uh, obviously anything Jaime Musan has done. Um, so the, there's good money in that. Now you bring it back to to the Stars Academy. People are like, well, they've only raised two point five million. Mm-hmm. Well, gee, they've raised two point five million with basically nothing. Okay, right. and Two point five million is probably more money than ufology has made in the past forty years combined. I'm talking about the, the 
the money that they make from the congresses and all the other conventions, they don't do well. Right. So they really the fact don't, that yeah. these guys have only made two point five is something that Horrible. they really need to look at because uh, and, it's, and a lot of it's the money that they've had to put in themselves to to, to make back. So what are the uh, yeah? What are the odds? What are the odds of that? Maybe this is why he went silent. He, uh, he he looked at the books and he said, "You know what? We thought there was going to be a whole lot more money to be made here. Ah, let's scrap this and just go away." I don't think that's what happened. Uh, I think that they why why they why they thought they were going to be able to raise a an amount of capital that would make sense for starting an aerospace corporation uh, has people sort of perplexed, no doubt, right? Because two point five right. won't even pay for a couple of salaries, right? Um, right, right. Uh, so yeah, people are upset about that, and 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 what drives me insane is that the the core ufology group the this. This core group has really helped a lot of people's careers by listening mm-hmm. to them, by buying their shit, by going to their conferences. People like George Knapp that I paid good money to go see, and I've watched his, his stuff, and I've watched his Lazar stuff, and I've supported him. And for him to come out now and call people like us a bunch of haters and that we're always trying to debunk everything and uh, shoot it down, uh, sort of like – Please go away because there's an agenda here and you're not part of it. And I'd say that's absolute right. bullshit. Remember who put you on the map, man, okay? And don't get mm-hmm. upset at people for asking good questions. If people ask shitty questions, you can call them on it. But the core ufology people, they're not interested in To the Stars Academy going away. They're interested in them proving why should they should stay. You know what's funny, though, Jesse? That rhymed. That, uh, that, rhyme. that was that the, dip- uh, I, that rhymed, and I didn't get any credit for that. Besides the moment of oh. MC that you just had there, MC, uh, MC Jesse, wiki, MC, wiki, wiki, M- MC Randolph. Uh, besides that moment in time, they will never have back because that's going to be part of a time capsule. I'm going to put together that rhyme of yours because I'm never going to hear you rhyme again. Not that flow. No, never happened. It'll never happen again. Uh, but here's uh, uh, you know the stinger for me, and um, again it goes back to money. Um, right now, as you know, as you can tell, society in general is, is all screwed up. You know, everybody's fighting, everybody's arguing, everybody's, you know, nobody can get along, right? No. Ufology is the same way. Ufology is following the same trend where everybody's arguing, fighting. It seems like it's carrying over into the world of ufology. It's all kind of like spreading out. And we're starting to see slowly, um, how some of the folks that are into ufology, are, you know, they belong to a certain camp outside of ufology, and it's it, it's hilarious how it's kind of like always bleeding towards these camps. And I don't want to say it, but Democrats and Republicans, but it, you know, it is liberals and uh, and conservatives, and it does go uh, in, in, in narrative. The more these uh, you know these hoaxers and liars come forward, they're from a certain camp, and that's a little scary. You know, it, it always seems to be throwing the left. What do you guys think about that? Right, left, throwing right. Correct. I don't think, I, look, if you talk to Steve Bassett or somebody like that, he's already on to his new shtick, you know, is Trump the disclosure president. Here's why, you know. So he goes yeah, and Steve, he makes a new spiel, ba- and he's going to go Bassett. down in the next four years. Right. And then the people on the left said it should have been Hillary 
but then John Podesta screwed everything up, and that's a whole other group of people that are saying, well, to the Stars Academy, Tom DeLonge was was tight buddies with Podesta, and he's he's a creepy dude in Pizzagate and everything. We we, we don't like him. So there, right. like you said, nobody is on the same fucking page because let me finish my point because there is no about. central there's no central hub for ufology ever anymore. And if there was, if MUFON had stepped up to the plate and not been a bunch of sellout creeps and, 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 and lukewarmers, which is what they are, okay? I mean, these guys had enough trouble taking action against a, a guy who was being openly racist, one of their directors, yeah. before people started quitting, before they took action, okay? Um, these people, at this point, are not the people to go to. For these kind of things. Are there cool people within the structure? Sure. We love Chase yep. Bosky and people like that. And I haven't yep. met anybody mean from MUFON. I'm sure Jan Harson's a nice Chase guy. Chase is pretty sweet. She's yeah. great. And Alejandro's great. But come on. There's the fun side of this. There's the mm-hmm. entertainment side. And then there's the money-making side, like you said. Uh-huh. I'm going to call Tim at UFO TV and say, hey, what do you think about all this? He doesn't give a shit. Okay? Right. The point is, is that they're the, the core the, the group, po- ufology group, and then these people have the nerve, some of these radio hosts, to be attacking these people, saying that they're just a bunch of haters. Now, with no financial gain to be had, why would they just be a bunch of haters? Because when you start throwing stuff around like that, it just makes everybody angry. Yeah. Well, I'm the, I, <laughs> at this point, I'm the angry white ufologist, unfortunately. There you go. That's, that's what it comes down to, is that that's how we are being labeled. It's very sad. Uh, obviously, it's a ploy, right? Definitely. So there's a campaign yeah. and, and effort here. I don't know if George Knapp is part of it, but it seems mm. as though he's super buddies with a lot of these people, uh, Bob Bigelow yeah. and some of these other guys, but yet no information really coming out of his mouth mm. about stuff that he can talk about. And then he actually is interviewed by Linda, Linda Howe, uh, and, and says there's stuff that he can't talk about. And that in itself is like, which camp are you a part of? This thing is more compartmentalized at this point than Area 51. Ufology is in trouble, gentlemen. Ufology is in a very, very strange place. Yeah, I agree. Well, you know what? We should agree on 100% that we need to wrap it up and get our guest on. That is 100% correct. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. At that time. I will leave leave it at this. Uh, I'll I'll keep you guys posted on what's going on. Please Obviously... This is not going to just sit still. There are more people getting on board about what the real intentions behind this group is. The only good news since December occurred is, number one, there's fresh things to speak of, which is great. But the other thing, and probably my most favorite, is that no one is talking about Gaia, Corey Good, and uh, Andy B, and uh, Captain Kramer, and all these other... Carrie Cassidy nonsense. Don't forget about Captain Crunch either. Captain Crunch. Yes. So all those guys well, got put aside, and that's fantastic. So thank well, you. Well, they've, they've had their 15 minutes also. And look, like I said, the world is just, you know, it's crazy right now. We're, we're, we're in crazy times. Uh, it seems like, you know, nobody is stepping forward with any honest truth. 
people are lying across the board from politics to ufology. And you know what it is? It's become one large WWE or whatever, World Wrestling Federation or whatever event. It's worldwide. Everybody's just lying off their teeth. And uh, it's it's crazy town in ufology right now. Jesse, thank you so much for being here with us this week, my friend. And uh, please yeah. keep us updated with us. This is uh, just amazing. Will mm-hmm. do, gentlemen. Good speaking with us. All right. Good. Yep. Guys, when we come back, we have uh, our guest of the evening, Mr. Rich Hoffman, is going to be with us. We had a caller who was trying to get in there at the very last second. Sorry, caller. You know, we are you know, we're running a little bit short on time. Uh, but uh, please uh, stay su- uh, stay seated. We have a great guest, Rich Hoffman, with us in a few minutes. And, uh, man, if anybody makes bow ties look cool, it's this man. And I want to find out, actually, you know, all jokes aside, I want to find out what his take is on all this. Uh, because, of course, he was at MUFON for a long time. In fact, he was one of the, the main guys there in the very inception of MUFON. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he has a lot to say about what's happening within that organization. And, yeah. you know, we got to find out why he left. Uh, so, guys, stick around. We'll be right back here on Skywatchers Radio again. Jesse, thank you so much for being with us this week again on Skywatchers. As always, you rock. And we roll. We'll be right back, everybody. Stick around. This is Skywatchers Radio. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call key information solutions now. 954 3374 That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. 4,734 UFO sightings in 2007. Eight hundred and fifty-four abductions by aliens or unknown species reported by American and British citizens. 
and hundreds more unreported in 2007. Suppressed information about collisions with passenger aircraft and UFOs that has been kept from the public knowledge for years. And only one trusted source on information from some of the top UFO researchers in the world. Exclusive information that cannot be found anywhere else on the planet. Trusted, connected, accurate. The UFOstore.com. Expand your personal library with fast shipping and instant downloadable information from the largest selection of UFO products on the internet by going to theufostore.com or call on the 24-hour, 7-day-a-week order line at 541-523-2630. The truth is out there, and theufostore.com has it. Greetings, my name is Spud Goodman, and I am, in fact, a talk show host. But the Spud Goodman Show is more than just a talk show. Spud and his temporary co-host, Gerald. It's temporary permanent co-host. Super. Interview celebrities, welcome live musical guests, present fascinating feature segments, and take calls from an assortment of unique callers. Should I laugh now? And you can catch the Spud Goodman Show Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on PSN Radio. That is messed up, yo. Have you heard Mac Maloney lately? In your military career, did you ever see anything that came close to an unusual UFO sighting or? No. Holy <laughs> That was the, yeah, the yeah. 10 seconds of uh, no. What are you that was so convincing. Yeah, what are you trying to say there? Well, UFO is an innocuous term. That's the worst fucking denial I've ever heard. Unidentified flying Mac Maloney's Military X-Files, Friday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern on the public streaming radio network. Everybody, welcome back to Skywatchers Radio right here live on Skywatchers Radio. We're live on PSN Radio, Skywatchers Radio, and uh, of course, we're down in the swamp with Arizona Tramp and uh, his uh, radio station down there at Swamp Radio, and uh, love, uh, of course, the fact that he's feeding our show every week, and shout outs to uh, them, and uh, now, uh, you know, we've had a fantastic first hour, uh, gentlemen, it's... Uh, it goes by quick when you have a good time, and you know when you, when you have good information that you're pumping out there, it makes it even more fun. Uh, when you have a person like Jesse Randolph, who's very animated, 
and is very passionate about the subject. It makes it even better. And uh, now, th- during the second hour, we're going to have a gentleman who is as passionate about the subject. He's been involved with it for a long time, and not to make you feel old. I'm not trying to do that at all. And uh, he also makes bow ties look hella cool. I don't care what Jesse says or anybody else says or the other guy says. This man here makes bow ties cool. That's what I'm saying. We, we met him in 2016 at the uh, MUFON convention. He was a gentleman and a scholar then. He's been He's on the show with us. Low maintenance. Yes, low maintenance, like crazy. But uh, one of the good guys in this field. And uh, welcome back, Mr. Hoffman. It's a, always a pleasure to talk to you, sir, and to have you back on air on Sky Watchers Radio. It is a f- breath of fresh air. Thank you for being here with us. Well, I'm glad to be back and to be on back with you again. I, yeah, I've enjoyed being on with you even back back then. One of my favorite photos though, was uh, you and me and the gang basically uh, when we were there uh, in, in Orlando. You know, it's funny because I framed that picture and it's on my wall. And people walk by all the time. They're always like, that's a nice bow tie. That's a really nice bow tie. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It's on the hallway of my house with a bunch of other pictures from the uh, from that event and other events I've attended over the years and stuff. And I you know, have celebrities that I've met over the years. Uh, and then there's yours, you know, right in the middle of like a bunch of celebrities and stuff. And they're like, "What makes him so cool to be there?" And I'm like, "You just you just gotta meet the man." <laughs> forget, forget the, forget the fact that he's next to Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters, or he's, <laughs> you know, he's next to William Shatner, or this. This man deserves to be on my wall because he's that darn cool. No, we're just gonna, we're just gonna call you Bo. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just change your name <laughs> to Bo. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna head out to my TARDIS after the show. So there you go. Yeah. Hey, if, there, if anybody deserved to be the first American number thirteen, that that would be you, sir. All right. Well, that since awesome. you haven't been here in a year, so you know it's been a, a while since the last time we, we spoke. Sure. Uh, what's what's been changed in your life that you're you know you've made this huge change in the the path in course that you've uh, you, you've been on for the last uh, several decades? What what happened? What what made this uh, sudden move? Yeah. Well, it's it's. I guess it was a. It was coming up. I mean, it, it, you kind of like alluded to it in the last hour, but the situation for me was, you know, I got started when I was like 13 years old, and that was mm-hmm. like almost like 54 years ago. So I've been at this for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and, you know. And, what, what what made you get going in it at 13 years old? Was it a certain movie or anything like that that drove to you? No, or an experience. Had, or an experience. Yeah. I had to do a book report for my eighth grade science class. Yeah. yeah. And it, uh, I was late for class, and the only thing that was left on the sign-up sheet that you had to do was uh, somebody uh, left that blank. They didn't want to put their name next to it, but it was UFOs. And so I ended yeah. up talking about it. And then, you know, I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. That's where Project Blue Book was. And I found out later on that it was it was right here in my hometown. So it was like, whoa, yeah. check that out. And then, uh, you know, I got really just very interested in it. And then uh, at age 15, I was on Phil Donahue's show. Uh, and that kind of propelled people around oh, wow. the Dayton area and knowing who I was. And, and then I started getting a whole bunch of phone calls and people wanting me to investigate them and check them out. And so now I, I, I you know, I was trying to just treat it pretty serious at that time. Uh, I was actually doing case investigations and I'd have a blue book officer sitting next to me doing the same case. And then I kind of connected with the people at the base. Uh, they actually let me, uh, 
they gave me a phone number so I could call the radar approach control on sightings and they would confirm whether or not any unclassed area uh, vehicles were there. Um, wow. And then it just kind of proceeded on. And then, you know, I got like, looking for a group and there was this group called the Midwest UFO network that was starting up. It was the, uh, your first name to move on. And, and I, I got in and joined in it. Uh, and then uh, started going and off from there and just, you know, thousands and thousands of cases later that I've been investigating. I, I ended up coming, uh, relocating to DC for a period of time and then ended up coming down with the, I was working with the Army Material Command, uh, which is the corollary to the Air Force Material Command in Dayton, Ohio that had Project Blue Book in it. So yeah. now, now I'm working with the Army. I came down here. They they had a base relocation and closure. Uh, BRAC moved down to Huntsville. So okay. I've been here for like nine years. I'm still working at the Army Material Command in the IT world, uh, but still strongly engaged in my UFO activity. I was there for a while. I, I was the uh, state director for uh, Alabama and Mississippi. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, and then I got moved up, uh, also helping out at the, uh, I was the assistant, uh, or the deputy director for investigations, uh, at the headquarters level. And I was also like a star team manager and stuff like that. And then eventually I got, I moved over to being what they call the strategic, uh, it was basically working on strategic projects, director of strategic. And what that was is just a way for me to focus in on, Helping them with uh, implementing technology and a variety of other things, but um, so here's here's why you know you, I know I know where you're going to go with this, but you know why would a long-term guy that's with MUFON suddenly make a switch to getting out of like you know that kind of role and stuff like that? Yeah, and, and basically well, what it something was, changed like a, drastically, I would assume. I'm well, sorry, it's right, it's, it's right now. It's right now. Yeah, something changed. Something must have changed dramatically. I would assume. Yeah, it, it did. Uh, I mean, let me let me tell you. I mean, I got into this. Mm-hmm. I told you I got started at age thirteen, and it was a science class, right? I, this was I was about you know looking at this whole subject from a scientific standpoint, and I I grew up, you know, I I, I was actually around uh, Jalen Hynek when he was in Dayton all the time, you know, and. So I was raised around him and Valet and, and, and Stanton Friedman and Len Stringfield and all these people that, that were trying to treat this stuff seriously. And so I, my intent was to be able to make it better, make uh, case investigations better and, uh, and hopefully have a lot of scientific uh, engagements where, uh, scientists would get together and they would start to look at those, at the cases that we were investigating. Uh, and yeah. what I found out was that that wasn't, of course, happening. Right. Uh, and that, and basically what MUFON is, is very much like what Project Blue Book was, where you had all these people doing case collection and collection of data that goes into some sort of a bit bucket, but nobody's now taking the bit bucket and seeing what's in the bit bucket and, and, and trying to figure out an, anything sensible about it. Right. Now, why do you think that is? You think it's because it, it's just an overload of uh, of data, and they don't have manpower to, to get to it all? Or I mean, why well, do you the, think it, that's happening? No, the, the field investigators. I mean, so what with MUFON, you have actually. If I could take a little bit of that farther, and also, I wanted to say, do you think it is 
a little bit too of different people, uh, MUFON directors in other states that are going on that path that you talk about and, and, and focusing on, on the encounters that are legit and really credible. And then you have other ones that are just kind of going off the board that they allow. Because I can tell you here in Oregon where I had my encounter, they're, you know, very strict on what they allowed, it seemed. And, yeah, and they well, can't determine what's legit or not without, start, yeah, but they can't determine what's legit or not without actually studying the case scientifically. Uh, go and ahead, back to you. Uh, so let me, give you, let me, let me clarify what I'm talking yeah. about. Okay. So who's out there looking at the 70,000 cases that are in the MUFON database and looking to mm-hmm. see, uh, all the cases that represent something where there might have been some sort of like field around the, the craft? Nobody. Okay. okay. Uh, who's out there looking at the physics involved in all the sightings or something like that? Nobody. Who's looking at hmm. the at the objects in terms of even the statistical breakdown of of like you know are, are they near something? Are they near uh, energy? Uh, are they near water? Are they near nobody? Uh, and so what you have is a bunch of people collecting data that's going into a massive database that gets big. And yeah, they do a rudimentary look at it in terms of investigating it and trying to validate that it's a that it's a legitimate object instead of something like an IFO. Yeah. But that's 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 just now getting good data. But then somebody's got to do it from a scientific standpoint that that looks and measures that and sees all these cases. Do they make sense? What can we get from it? And my problem is that they were getting away from science. That they were starting to have the, that show. Well, I mean, uh, uh, the, the, that whole thing at the, the symposium was about secret spaceships. Mm-hmm. And let me, let me tell you, that's that's going to turn off scientists. And so, yeah. what happened? A mass exodus of scientists. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So a bunch of us that were at the, even at the leadership level left Mufon sure. because we saw the departure away from treating this from a scientific standpoint and also, you know, looking to, we were trying to make improvements in the way we collect and the, the quality of cases and various other things, but even that wasn't working out. And I'm not going to sit there for another, I mean, like, you know, there's 70,000 cases there right now to go for another 70,000 cases and not make any progress. is a waste of my time. I'm getting right. old. Okay. Yeah. So my situation is that we've now Forged a collection of us who have left, and, and and a hell of a lot more that are joining now. We're up to forty people in the scientific coalition for ufology right now, with everything from soil sciences to earth sciences to astronomy, astronomers to psychologists to chemists to uh, physicists uh, that are all coming together. And right now we're going and we're doing a hell of a job investigating uh, the the Tic Tac incident. And let me also clarify on that that all that other crap that's going on out there with you know uh, that these are all distractions. Mm-hmm. And that, let me tell you, I got tired of all the distractions that ufology can throw at you. Oh my goodness! Because yeah. if you want to really study a case, you need to study the case. And right. you need to spend time with it, and you need to dig into it. Well, more, more than anything else, you need boots on the ground. Everybody got these distractions, and I, I'm tired of them. And so yeah. all of us are. And so yeah. we, we're we out there focusing on the case, 
we've already had uh, we've already interviewed pilots. We've talked about we've already interviewed the radar operator, mm-hmm. we're, we, and we've got a whole bunch of other people that we're already operating uh, interviewing on the case, and we've already put together the entire timeline of this case uh, and got hellacious amount of information. Well, everybody is sitting around on their duff wanting to just, you know, talk about it or whatever like that. We're out there doing something, and we're going to put a paper together or a report. Now, is this, is this going to be an, an annual report that every year you guys are going to come out with some uh, explaining, you know, how, where you are scientifically with the subject? Yeah. Yeah, we're doing all that. I mean, we're, 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 we're literally right now forging what the organization's about. Uh, mm. But what I'm getting at is that we're not going to do these things where you take a case and you spend 90 days on it and you come up with a conclusion. Nothing. We're, yeah. we're going to spend two years on it and we're going to dig into it and make sure we got every detail and every nuance about it validated and verified. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to put it together in a report so that we can put that out into the science world where best guess what? They accept that kind of thing and they're looking for that kind of treatment of the subject. Yeah. There's a lot of these people that we got in this field who have been dying and waiting for somebody that's going to treat this from a scientific standpoint because they see organizations out there completely dismissing it. Yeah, no. well, I'm, and, and, I'm and, that guy. And, I'm that guy, right? <laughs> like, I said, like I said earlier on the show, I don't know if you were paying attention in the first hour, uh, but there's so many different organizations coming forward now with the same shtick, and they're all about making money. None of these guys are, are scientifically really trying to get to the root of, of you know, what's going on. Uh, well, so it's good to see somebody yeah. like this organization come forward and say, you know what, we're in it for the science. Let's find out what is going on. Because the only way you can actually put stuff together scientifically, and you can start putting the pieces together and, and finding common thread between these stories, is by right. spending, like you said, time with each one of these cases and seeing where the threads are. What do they lead to? You know, that's the way science works. Correct. And so, like, when Jesse was commenting and saying something to the effect of, like, you know, well, nobody's breaking down the videos. Let me tell you, we've already broken them down. <laughs> I imagine. Uh, and there's, you know, you also made a comment, there's no central point for ufology. Well, there is a central point. We're trying to create that central point that's going to treat this stuff scientifically. So, that- there. We are actually growing by leaps and bounds, and we're and we're trying to like you know get organized in all the different things. We're, we've already come up with a peer review process that we're putting in place. We're uh, we're already uh, connected with CUFOS, uh, Center for UFO Studies, uh, from an uh, affiliation standpoint, and we're also going to be looking at maybe getting CIFA and some other organizations on. But we're but we're really trying to put a peer review process in place for all of our papers we're going to be publishing mm-hmm. on the subject, and uh, I think you're going to be quite surprised. But we're and we're we're careful about TTSA. We, we have the same kind of concerns we see from certain people. Uh, I think that going back to whether Tom DeLong, I think let me let me mm-hmm. put it to you this way: Tom DeLong was not a good PR person. No, and I think I agree with you, Angel. That I think that he was probably told to just take a back seat and let the other guys Mm -hmm. talk because they're hellaciously more credible. Yeah, and so that's why they're out doing the talking right now because ultimately that's they need to do that. They are the 
They're the incredible Rich, none of the more credible. I mean, you can tell he's an amateur in this. And and yeah. just uh, and in the interview, when you listen to the way he says things and the way he speaks, you know, it, the, the credibility goes out the window. So if they want to sell something, yeah, you know, they gotta they got to shut him up immediately. So, Yep. We're doing, by the way, the physics of this object as it moved down from 80,000 feet to, to near sea level and then went back up again. Uh-huh. And let me tell you, it equates to about 2.3 tons of TNT being detonated mm. each second. That's the amount oh, wow. of power that was expended. And My so uh, the other the other thing is with the talking of the radar operator, we were able to find out that the object went from 80,000 feet down to that sea level in 0.78 seconds. Mm. Yeah, but there's no known aircraft that we have that could do that. Well, yeah, and and the, this thing outperformed them. Uh, the, the wingman said the same thing. We talked with the wingman, and, and he was basically confirming what uh, Fravor was saying. And so we're – that's why I'm saying we're actually in touch with the people. We've already got all of the information on all the different sensors and the different types of radar on the entire fleet, and you would be surprised how much of that is there. Um, let me also share with you that, you know, I, because I work in the DOD and the IT world, I also know that uh, when you have something declassified, they look for sources and methods as well as the what they call TTPs, which are mm -hmm. uh, techniques and tactics and uh, procedures and, and videos, and they'll remove data and they'll they'll edit it down and and then they'll be uh it'll go through this declassification which is why you when you look at this thing it's been stripped mm. so they've all been stripped and and edited down and that's and they're only going to give you what they want to give you uh you know and so uh that's that's some of the issues you're going to deal with as far as chain is com uh, chain of command or uh, excuse me chain of evidence you know they they've Basically, that's within the DoD. Once it gets out of the DoD, then right. you know if it's you know who knows. But right. it appears is the, and it's, this is what we saw when we dealt with Aguadilla was that you know hey look when these guys uh, in Puerto Rico, uh, the Customs and Border Protection people saw what they saw. They got down, <coughs> excuse me, and they made they started to make copies of the uh, the 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 uh, the, uh, the you know, the object on the video clip, and it suddenly it started getting passed around. Well, there goes your chain of evidence, right? You know, it goes out the door, you know. And so, mm -hmm. uh, but allegedly the Navy is real good about that and, and documenting it, and so that's what they were able to have with it. And in order for you and I to be able to get that, we would have to go to doing a FOIA, which, by the uh, way, is yep. swamped right now with FOIA requests mm -hmm. on this whole case. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So I mean, and you know, we're only going to get what we what they want to release, and in this case, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, and it's not like it was released. It wasn't released by Luis. I mean, he's subject to the same kind of concerns in terms of that uh, having to go through the, uh, the the scrutiny of the declassification process. But I'm sure that he observed and probably tracked the progress of it when he found out about it, and and that was his way of giving that over to the you know and, and releasing it from TTSA like he did. Uh, uh, but I mean, and he's not going to have a whole bunch more. He might have one more video. I, we did hear that 
but there was at least one more Navy video that, that was out there that they were waiting to release. Uh, but, and I think the biggest part of the way that they've been releasing this was to uh, primarily get people all excited and get the media on board. But the intent was to probably get Congress to act. Well, as you very well know, Congress is pretty much focused <laughs> on other things. Yeah. yeah, you know, and, like, and like, so, I mentioned, like I mentioned earlier, right now that's a different kind of mess altogether. And, oh, totally. uh, well, they're yeah. broke. The dance and, part and, is and, and I say this, uh, being as experienced and having the encounter I have, nevertheless, what uh, they, they're going to make a lot more money on oil. And so, as soon as they talk about the UFOs or anything like that, then people are going to want to know everything, and they're going to want to know what they're working with, what they're doing this, and and uh, therefore the government don't want them knowing what they're working with. You know, I'm surprised. I'm surprised, honestly, at this point, Chris, to piggyback off that, I'm surprised since you know they've pretty much gotten off the deep end uh, when it comes to like you know stuff that's on that's being talked about on the mainstream media these days. I'm surprised nobody's just flat out said, you know what, let's talk about the UFO uh, subject for a minute, and let's just get into like all the craziness and just you know just bring this into the fold and just you know yeah. start talking about it because Podesta. You know Hillary Clinton, they you know they were very pro the subject and they got their asses handed well, to them in the election. This is where we could think about Trump because the way Trump's firing these people, he's letting these people down who's had top secret mm-hmm. in, uh, information, and now they're done. They're pissed off. Well, maybe they might have something to say. Yeah, you're right. But anyway, I don't expect I don't expect disclosure anytime soon. Okay, uh, me neither. <laughs> uh, and the other thing I was gonna was wanting to mention to you that. Uh, that we've basically, like I said, the 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 group that we've got right now uh, uh-huh. that we've put together is pretty doggone awesome, and, and we're we're actually, like I said, starting to do peer review uh, of other people's works. We're starting to to be able to focus, and we're solely focused on just let's do science with UFOs, and, and so. We're kind of like avoiding all the distractions out there. Uh, Best thing you can do. And we're yeah. meeting like every week, you know, and, and talking about the case and writing a heck of a lot. And uh, it's it's been really exciting. Uh, how many people? Is- how many people are involved in the group right now? By the way, if you don't mind me asking, like, how overall, like, how many members you guys have? Well, we got about forty right now. Uh, okay. And uh, we got, you know, Alejandro, I heard you mentioning him with MUFON, but he's he's actually with uh, us. He's uh, one of us. I'm a board of director right. on the uh, the directors, uh, as well as, you know, you got Robert Powell, Carl Paulson, and we got a, a number of others. And we have HP, mm-hmm. eight uh, PhDs now. Uh, oh, wow. So we're... We're coming along and moving along really, really well. We've got, you know, Kevin Randall. I don't know if you know, you know Kevin, right? Of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kevin's on it, uh, and, and Mark D'Antonio is on it. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, uh, Philippe Alaris uh, out in the Netherlands is on it. There, there's just a, a lot of really, really good people, and like I said, we're getting a lot more all the time. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, uh, Rich, and, and that's a sidetrack here. Um, you know, how did MUFON get to this point? I mean, you know, from your take, you know, looking now as an outsider, you know, what what happened, do you think? You know, and was it recent? Was it something that just 
it's been coming down the pipeline and you've seen it coming. Um, because MUFON for a long time were, were the number one most respected group within ufology. I mean, they were the, the, the guys that everybody, you know, looked at when it comes to the data collecting. So, I mean, what, you know, what do you think that, you know, this kind of like started to go downhill? Probably after uh, John Schuessler left. Uh, the reason I say that is because if you take a look at the, the people who are leading it after that, they're not really scientists. Okay? Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, that's that's probably where it kind of gets started. And then, as you very well know, uh, ufology has almost become a, a, a collection of nothing but religions. Uh, you know, I've got my <laughs> beliefs, you've got your your beliefs, I don't believe in your beliefs, and, you know, they get into arguments back and exactly. forth. And I, I just get really tired of all that kind of thing, but, but that's what's happened. And so it's become so splintered that you have people, I mean, when you go to a, a MUFON symposium, for example, it's like, you know, you've got every, you got everything from people who are contactees to people who are, you know, uh, the experiencers, of course, you know, and you've got the people who are the scientists, you types, the, and they're all pushing for their own agendas, and, and, and there's the conspiracy theorists, you know, and then there's the, you know, and so you get them all together, and it's like a hodgepodge. Well, how do you please them, you know? And and, and <laughs> yeah, so, well, yeah. maybe, maybe you get a secret spaceship program going or something like that. I have no frigging clue. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, everybody's too busy. Trust me, everybody's too busy talking about their encounters and what they're doing to each other. You know, nobody wants to hear each other, so I get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it's it's become very sad in that regard, and I just decided that I, you know, in fact, we're looking at probably having our own conference, and it's going to be more of a, a scientist getting together to talk about what's the future process that we're going to be taking in terms of uh, peer reviews or or putting out papers or how are we going to treat the excellent cases, and we're, we're putting in a process to be able to identify the cases that we want to go tackle and spend a lot of time on, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so th we're not going to waste... You can choose your battles. Exactly. And oh. we're not going to go after cases that, for example, that are just lights in the sky, obviously, which is just a waste of time, right? <laughs> but, I mean, uh, but we're going to go after cases where it's got multisensory data, you know, like uh, it's got radar, it's got, uh, you know, infrared, or it's got some other kind of capability or, or something, multiple witness cases, you know, that that type thing. But the <clears> better <throat> ones where scientists can now dig in and look at hard data and uh, and really check it out. Now, have you guys yeah. approached MUFON at all and, and tried to see if maybe you can get some of their data <laughs> and look it over? Um, well, we're kind of like the dust settled. You got to understand that a good number of us were actually with MUFON and we left. Uh, so, uh, so there's and, definitely uh, yeah, there's definitely uh, not good feelings there right now. Yeah. Well, I noticed yeah. you know my uh, Steve Hudgens left, right? Am mm -hmm. I correct? Yeah. Did he leave? I don't know. Maybe uh, I don't I'm think not... that he left. I, he's still listening. Okay. Maybe he didn't. All right. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. I know, you know, been with Robert, him a long time. Robert Powell was the director of research. He left. Uh, mm -hmm. He used to, to leave. Uh, of course, I left. Was it Clarkston? That was, no, never mind. Forget, it was Clarkston, maybe. Who yeah, James Clarkson. Yeah. Sorry. yeah, Clarkson. Yeah, he's yeah. with us. 
He's he's also part of SCU as well. So oh, we've, very got, cool. we've got a, a good, like I said, some people that, that approach us about wanting to join us, and we're actually going and looking at resumes and seeing what they can offer to us and, and wanting to make sure that we're wanting to bring them on board and having that type of process in place. Well, that, that's a question right there. I mean, it, the common oh, folk, it, you know, the, the everyday person like myself, like Chris, you know, like the other guy here, uh, you know, how can we come forward and help you guys and expand on this? Because honestly, from every organization that I've heard, this is the only one that really sounds as, like scientifically, you know, inclined to like do something that the other ones are not even interested in thinking about. So how can we help? Well, you're helping right now by just allowing me to talk about it. That's for sure. <laughs> so, so, so thank you for that. I mean, uh, the more we can get scientists and people on board uh, that want to come on and stuff like that, that's great. But there's a there's a media component to that, you know, and we got some people from media and stuff like that as well. So, I mean, uh, that's a way to help. Uh, we we we're trying to get the word out. We're trying to be able to, when we hear about the, the better cases, we're trying to be able to get the better cases to be able to go and to tackle and, like I said, spend time and do the, the scientific digging that we need to do with these things instead of, oh, well, it, you know, it was just this, and uh, oh, then we let it go. Right, right, right. You know, they, I just want to point out to you that and I, I mentioned this a couple of years ago, but had we not picked up and started working on the Aguadilla case like we did, and we spent two years investigating that video and broke into 7,000 frames, and it looked at that individually, uh, the, the case was still in the Puerto Rico files in MUFON, and no, it had not even been assigned to an investigator to investigate. My goodness. Wow. And that was even two years ago, and the thing was reported in 2013. So coming uh, from, I'm going to be honest, you know, coming from wow. when I had my encounter, you know, that's sort of disappointing. Yeah, I don't know. I was expecting when they came over to to do, you know, all that. They, you know, they came over there with the Geiger counter, and I thought that they would be doing more. I thought maybe they'd be going out to the farmer's field and all that. But there was just kind of a real kind of a light little work that they did. That it wasn't a real heavy duty. At least in my head at the time, I was thinking thinking they would do more work, but, you know, I guess it was what it was, and it would be nice if they could go and have more of a, a system, you know, and they could really kind of get down, like you say, more of a scientifically thing, you know? Yeah. And, well, uh, yeah. Let me, let me just share with you, because, I'm, of course, I've been there for so long and stuff like that, but and I, and I, I watched as, you know, when, you, when you're trying to get investigators to be able to be in your state to be able to help you to do this type thing, right? Who are the people are you getting as field investigators? You're not finding, you know, like somebody that's been uh, an, a crime investigator that often. Or oh, he was they, just they, a guy who... who you're, just, you're getting somebody that that's, you know, mm -hmm. saw something a couple years ago, has mm -hmm. an interest in it. And they said, well, I want to, I want to do, I want to look into it more. And so they go yeah. sign up. And does that mean that they're, I mean, yeah, we got training materials. Does that mean that they really read it and understood it? Does that mean right. that they actually uh, know the scientific method? No. Does that mm -hmm. mean that they, that they think objectively or that they look very broadly? No. So you got people, and this is where we were getting discouraged because I would be on the team, the scientific review committee that was looking, 
each month at all the cases and trying to identify the best cases. And I would look at the reports and they were pathetic. Yeah. And did you do the, were you working with the MUFON monthly journal or anything like that? And yeah, I mean, I yeah. wrote articles for them all the time, but yeah. it, my point was that, that we're reviewing them from a scientific standpoint, their cases sure. and how well that they're handled and they weren't handled well. And so, you know, we, we saw people where the, where the field investigators were calling a, uh, you know, the, the little blue dot you see on a photograph when you point the, the camera at a, at a, the moon, which is mm-hmm. nothing more than a lens flare and they would call it a oh. UFO. Sure. Well, that means that, the, and then you had the same problem where, you know, every, every one of them were, uh, considered to be UFOs because every case that they worked because they had a personal bias that way. Uh-huh. You know, they believe that these are all motherships. Okay. Well, then I'm going to make sure that that's a mothership, right? So. Yeah. Now you got that problem. So you don't really have good, solid field investigators that are out there uh, that are fully trained, fully competent in what that you have. You have excellent people like Chase out there. You have excellent people out there. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some excellent people out there that have been doing it for a long time that do it right. But right. that's the minority. And the majority was the people who had said, oh, I saw one five years. I want to get into it, and I, I'm going to give it just as little as I can. But well, I mean, it, wouldn't that be a problem that a lot of these you know, groups are going to have? Because, I mean, they're taking on people that are just uh, fans, casual fans. Yeah. Uh, some may be fanatical. But, you know, these people are interested in the subject. But like you said, they might have had an experience, maybe seen something. Uh, maybe they just read something or were told a story that got them interested, whatever the case may be. But, you know, there's, if they're not making money off of, you know, doing this work. No. You know, they're gonna lose interest very quick. And that's, I think, one of the main issues is that, yeah, you're, you're bringing folks in that are helping to investigate on the field. But once they start seeing there's no money to be made, that's where, you know, I think the lack of interest, you know, it becomes apparent. They just they drift off and, and leave. Uh, because, again, it, you know, organ- these organizations are not exactly paying these folks to uh, to be researchers for them. And, uh, and you know, that's one of the main issues I think you're going to have across the board until you find an organization is well-built, uh, ran with, you know, backing that could afford to pay field investigators a salary, um, I don't know if you guys are doing that. I'm not, you know, I'm going to change that in a second, you Rich. Uh, but I mean, I think that is, uh, going to be the, the, the necessary step in order to have a field, a group of people that will take it seriously enough to not just drop off every couple of months. Because I think, you know, the, the lack of funds when you have to pay your own way, you know, to go to another state or another city to investigate something. Yeah, that hurts the pocketbooks, and if you're not exactly a wealthy person who's into the subject, you know, after a while you will drift off and, t- and do your own thing. Um, now, what are your thoughts on that? Sure enough. Well, yeah, no, I mean, completely agree. I mean, to me, it's a situation where, I mean, look, I've not made a dime on this thing. <laughs> right. And I've been doing it for 54 years. And but but you're, 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 you're rare. You're a rarity in this field because nobody sticks around that long not making any money off of it. So, I mean, well, God yeah. bless you. I've had to supplement it by having other careers, but I mean, Correct. 
and and I'm but I'm willing to do that. And 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 I guess what I'm trying to say to you is that you know we are rare, and there's not a whole lot of, and apparently there's a whole bunch of people out there that want to make a lot of money. Well, that's great. Right. You can do a lot with a lot of money. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love to have more money so I can. <laughs> I could in, oh, my, I, I my could wife would spend it all in equipment. I'm looking to be able to invest in equipment to go out to do case investigations and and get things like you know uh, infrared video and some other kinds of things. So I'm I've got a team right now that that's we're doing a case investigation uh, about an hour's drive west of here. Uh, it's called the Cloverdale my Cloverdale project, and I'm the lead for it, and we're. There's a phenomena over there similar to the Hestelin, uh, kind of phenomena. And, uh, and basically we're out there with, a, with whatever equipment. We got a drone. We're planning to fly a drone up next to it. There's a, there's balls of light are about eight foot in diameter. They're being seen. They, uh, move, a, uh, the wind doesn't affect them whatsoever, shape or form. They last about 10 minutes and then they just pop out. So we're trying to identify what that is, and so we've got, uh, you know, our own night vision. We've got infrared. We've got uh, some other kinds of uh, tools that we're using. We got our tri-field meters, uh, and we're over in fields. I'll be out there for three uh, three nights, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, doing an investigation. So we have a lot of people that are doing that, and they're using they're they're buying this equipment on their own from right. their own wallets. And uh, that's the way ufology is being treated. It's not being treated like that. There's a whole lot of it. So, you know, God bless them if they want to be able to raise millions of dollars. But I, I, I personally haven't seen anything hiding or hair of any kind of report or research that they've shared out of there about even the Tic Tac incident. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a, a couple minute video, you know, I mean, there's something of that nature. And then, by the way, we've done all the digging on it, and like I said, found out more about it, and we know a lot more than they do, actually. Uh, yeah, we, we've already identified where the second video was taken, and 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 we've already identified roughly when it is, and now we're confirming that uh, by doing the homework, and we uh, so we're we're doing the digging because they're not providing it. Wow. It's uh, it's uh, it, you know, it's again sad that this is a state that we're in. That you know, if finally we have to have fifty years later a group that's actually doing this kind of work. Yeah, that's amazing. It's amazing, especially with with all the time wasted. That that's the saddest part. All this time that's been wasted, data collected, wasted. You know, what do you think of um, some of the you know the, the over glorified cases, as I like to call them, like the uh, the Roswell incidents and. And all these over uh, different publicized. I don't know if I would call it glorified publicized. Well, over publicized or glorified. I mean, uh, as you guys thought about maybe going back and, and studying some of these cases a little bit more scientifically and taking a, a dig into some of these cases. You're precisely where we are because we're also identifying. Oh. We're, we're identifying uh, as a group collectively what are the best cases that we've seen where there's possibly data that we can go back and take a look at and, and really, really hone in on that has been missed uh, and, and that is available. And so we have been identifying cases with data. So there's a lot of sightings out there. For example, look, look at the, the data that, that, that you might be able to get from some of the 
cases where you've got radar, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what about yeah. cases where you've got uh, other kinds of sensory data? Uh, you know, what triggered uh, the the missiles in the in the silos to be able to be deactivated when the object was above it? So we're right. we're gonna we're trying to apply uh, and have our scientists, if you would, focus on what kind of physics is involved in having that happen. What kind of thing would be going on? Um, one, let me clarify for you something that, you know, uh, one of the uh, people were commenting about the, the Tic Tac video that there's mm-hmm. like, there's like a, an aura or a halo around it or some, somebody was talking about that. Well, and then one, one researcher just said that it was like, you know, because the gain was too high. Well, let me, let me clarify that the, the second pilot confirmed that when the object was, it went around the other aircraft and it then stopped and hovered uh and he was at that level to be able to see it and he was doing the visual thing because he didn't even have that uh, pod on his aircraft the FLIR pod to be able to do it so all of his stuff was visual well what he said was that when he looked at the actual shape of the object and discerning details on it that he noticed that it had kind of a shimmering effect around the object Similar to like a mirage, okay? Huh. Now, like maybe not, make it like maybe a clear sphere, like a clear ball or something, like a gleam. Well, like what I'm trying to tell you is that the it's like the air around it was that that kind of like like what you get like in a mirage where it's the ripples, like super excited molecules, yeah. like when you see yeah, exactly see you see the heat waves, yeah, kind of a thing. And you like that heat waves kind of but yeah but like that like a like something that was a probably what were around it like i know right. what you mean for sure so that's okay so that's important piece of information right and then now compare that with the dumbbell shaped craft that was up in canada last year that that was or uh, i think it was a couple of years ago that uh even rob uh, robert powell presented at the uh, the conference that you were at down in orlando and uh-huh. and, and even in that one, there was a plasma that was noted by the observers, a plasma right. that would stood out from the actual object itself. Okay, so oh. going back to what I said earlier, who's doing the scientific look at the objects themselves and the cases where mm. there is this kind of an effect around them? Yeah. Study that effect. Right. Now, but how would you go about the scientific? Though? How would you go about making you know a scientific leap and studying some of this yeah. stuff? Well, again, you know these things. This this is like, for example, okay. So now I've got uh, I've got the case over in Cloverdale that I'm working on, right? Okay. So I'm gonna t- I'm gonna make sure that I'm taking a look at that when I go, for example, around that to see if there's any kind of field. I'll measure it. We've got a phantom uh, of. Uh, DJI uh, Pro uh, uh, drone, then mm-hmm. we'll we'll put sensors and various things on it and have it fly around that to see what kind of effects are picked up because there there there's apparently and the more we study that in photographs and various stuff there there probably likely is some sort of field around the ob- object that that is like a plasma. And in fact, I think I told you this, Angel. Uh, I don't know if I did or not, mm-hmm. but you know, 
back in the 70s, I investigated a 70-foot in diameter area circle mm-hmm. yep. where the field was completely baked two feet in the ground and, uh, mm-hmm. and there was puffed wheat around the perimeter. Well, I mean, think about what the field was around that. It was probably like a plasma, right? Right. So yeah. what can we? what's this plasma thing, and are these things, you know, really there? How do they go from 80,000 feet down to sea level in 0.78 seconds at that speed and not cause any kind of, like, major outage from just the sheer amount of power that was right. kinetic power? Yeah. And, and by the way, they don't accelerate like we do. They just instantaneously, like a, you know, Tesla, you know, it just automatically goes. There's no, I mean, right. what I'm trying to say is that there's no acceleration. It's instantaneously moving. And that's what the descriptions of these speeds are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned Tesla because I think that's where a lot of this technology actually, uh, comes from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm not even kidding about that. I, I think Tesla. I mean, as we as we you know have talked about here on the show before, guys, and uh, you know, there's the lore out there on the internet. You can Google this stuff if you want. You can yeah. look it up. Tesla was uh, apparently working on exotic technology that dealt with not only uh, you know currents through the air, electrical currents through the air, and saucer-like technologies. You know, before he passed. So, uh, one of my working theories for many, many years now, Rich, is that this, you know, phenomenon that we call ufology, not all of it, because I think some of it is alien in nature, but uh, a lot of it has to do with Tesla and the work he left behind when he passed away. And then, of course, the Nazi scientists that came over and joined the American scientists and uh, started, you know, working with our uh, nuclear propulsion and started working on our aircrafts and uh, with NASA, which NASA really got started by Nazi Germany. That's, you know, at the end of the day, that's, uh, you know, a sad truth that we got to live with. And, um, you know, I think think a lot of this stuff is ours, to be honest with you. But um, it's a, it's amazing if you don't do the scientific work like you guys are doing. See, you don't put together these patterns of the plasma. These are all patterns that you're putting together now. Now you have a narrative. Now you actually have data that is packing up uh, a possible, you know, conc- you know, possible evidence which we didn't have before. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I just wish, like I said, you guys were here on my encounter, you know, to be there and to check it out. And- and be the investigators, even though they, I'm, you know, nice here in Oregon, they helped me out and all that. And but, you know, I really, you know, and it was interesting talking about the the plasma and all that 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 uh, the pilot described because that's mm-hmm. a lot of it what I I seen too. And and you know, my son and I had the encounter six feet from us with the orb. We could see perfectly inside of it. So, yeah, that's that's exactly the same kind of thing I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's over mm-hmm. about an hour from me is that you can see on the inside of it. I mean, and so. We're trying to study if that's a, you know, what, what natural phenomena that, that is. And, and here's a, here's a little piece of information. So, so again, this is where science can help out. Well, guess what? So there's a thing called spectral cameras and you use a spectral camera on it and you're able to now break down the chemical composition of whatever that light is, right? Right. So right. we do that for planets and stars and various other things to determine what might be around them and we use spectrum to be able to do it. Well, we have spectral cameras. Well, so did they, they have it in Hestelin, right? 
And Hestelin took some photos uh, using their spectral cameras and came up with a chemical composition of that light. Well, you ready for some things here? So guess what it consists of? Nitrogen, oxygen. Okay, well, you expect maybe that might be there. It's got sulfur, it's got iron, and it's got a thing called scandium. Now, what mm. is scand scandium? Okay, now you got to understand that these lights are get they're pretty bright. But what is scandium? And well, okay, scandium happens to be from guess what? It's you know the Scandinavia, right? But I mean, it's an element. And what do you use that element for? It's a transitional metal on the periodic table, and it's used for lighting on Hollywood sets to make it look like daylight. Uh huh. All right. Interesting. Right? Are you with me? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's interesting. Now, you come along and you take a look, and there's a case where somebody used a spectral camera over in Pennsylvania of these same kind of lights. Guess what it consisted of? It consisted of nitrogen, oxygen, sulfur, and yttrium. Yttrium is right below scandium on the periodic table. It's a transitional metal, and it's too, was found on the inside of that. Okay? okay. So that, now I'm over, over in Cloverdale. We've identified four areas where they consistently saw these lights since 1973. Wow. And we, I drew a line. They kept saying that they were going east to west or west to east. Not north to south, but just east to west or west to east. So now here I am. I'm going over there, and I draw a line. Going east to west, roughly from the exact same position, and guess what I'm finding? Hmm. Sulfur happens to be one of the chemical compositions, and we found that out that over there that the wells, the well underground wells in this northwestern part of Alabama, are all there's a good number of them that the, uh, that's sulfur water, and there's so there's a large concentration of sulfur. Uh huh. So now I'm questioning whether there's something that's over there that's similar to that. So guess what? We're out with spectral cameras, and we're going to be taking that to see if we can find that other chemical that were might be yttrium, might be scandium, might be something else. But it, now you've got this chemical cookbook to make these lights. Wow. And these are these are well then now these are essentially what people would be going around calling the orbs or what my son and I had I guess an encounter with, right? Yeah, okay. exactly. Precisely. Well, it, it, now are you to get just I don't like to go too into me, but when you're going on are you familiar with or you have ever heard of my case, the sublimity close encounter? It happened in uh, in two thousand eleven and we were featured in the MUFON Monthly Journal in uh in two thousand and fourteen and we could see perfectly, Richard perfectly in the orb my son and i and we could see a, a, a bubble field around the sphere a glass sphere and within that glass sphere as that whole thing was spinning counterclockwise there was yeah. a red there was a red liquid in yeah. the middle of it a glowing yeah. red plasma liquid yeah and so let me okay i know what you're talking about and i, I think i remember your case but i mean okay. let me let me just come back to that for a second so here's what happens, and, and picture this for a second. Imagine that that sulfur comes up, and, it, and you know there's a lot of underground water, and it create there's an underground gas bubble that's created. Let's say it's a gas bubble, and right. 
and so this bubble is out there is acting like the uh, container for basically like something similar to this chemical soup, this this uh, plasma, if you want to call it, whatever like that. Uh, and if you think about your fluorescent light, you know, your glass is shielding basically plasma, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's being contained by the glass tube. Yeah. Well, now you've got this glass ball and you have that same kind of like activity going on in the inside of it. And so we're, we're kind of like watching that and, and observing it and going to be studying to see what we can find out about it. But what makes that chemical? And people describe that when they can see these things, that they see like you're talking about where there's like this container, if you would. But mm-hmm. at the same time on the inside, they might see swirling kind of things that are swirling patterns going on. Or like somebody described it like it's a bunch of like noodles on the inside or a bunch of snakes or something of that nature. Uh, and so that's the kind of, and then here's one other thing for you. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, they happen to see over in that, in that area I'm talking about that's just west of us, uh, an incident where it was hanging above a railroad track. Yeah. Okay. And when the train came by, it came down and kind of connected itself to the train and moved along with the train. Yeah. There is a magnetic relationship that was created between the two objects to where they've now become magnetically connected. Yeah, uh, that's the, to just skip past even just a little even on my thing. Mine was going over the over the power line yes. uh, where they put the fiber optic cable in, and we could see on the bubble yeah. part from the from the it was sucking the or sucking arcing. I don't know, but there was a major power just on that bottom part of the bubble that was coming up from the ground as it was making that chopping noise. It was going forward and backwards. So I get that where it would yeah. it catch on to the train and yes. Well, then we've had other cases like, you know, even in MUFON cases that I investigated of these orbs where they'll come across from the sides and then they'll, like a, one car was heading down the highway at 65 miles an hour and it came up right next to the car and it just stayed around where the car was. It became magnetically connected to the car, right? Right. And then it's, at some point it detached. If you think about Foo Fighters, what were they? They came around aircraft. What's it made yeah. of? metal you know or you know and so you got that kind of thing where they seem to become magnetically connected to that and it's just fascinating and so we're wanting to study whatever that phenomenon is and and learn more about it because we think that that's going to explain a good number of cases i wonder how you know and and not to uh, go off the tangent here but i wonder how many um ghostly uh haunted uh railroad tracks are actually just a result of this phenomenon a good number, I believe. I, I think yeah. that, that this, I think it's a phenomena that <laughs> leverages, like I said, that magnetic kind of like effect of the iron rails, and yeah. and, and uses that, and it become, and that's what became the, those what ghost engineers that were out there. The, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, and what about mountain areas? Have you noticed if there's a if there's a thing maybe in, in high UFO sightings in in mountain terrain areas? Because if so, I always wonder maybe there's if so maybe there's something going on within the mountains. You know. Well, and then you have to deal with another kind of an effect where you have piezoelectric uh, kind of thing. And piezo uh, is is that. Uh, Grinding of crystalline and rock uh, and granite, in fact, where there's a, it'll create a spark, if you would, that just jumps off. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I've been, I've been talking. I read first off, I read, uh, you know, all of uh, the works about the Piedmont, Missouri stuff that by Rutledge, 
you know, and I've read what he put together in terms of his project identification book that he wrote. Uh, and then you have, <clears throat> I've been comparing notes and I talked with, uh, the people on the Brown Mountain Lights who have been investigating the Brown Mountain Lights. That's over in, uh, in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. that's around the mountain chains, if you would. All right. And we're, so we're trying to, all of us are trying to compare notes with each other to find out more about what you see and how, how they differ. Mm-hmm. Cause see, that would make me wonder if you find these around mountain ranges and you signed a lot of sightings uh, around mountain range areas and stuff, could that be another thing of, of, of government technology of them working within the mountains or these things within the mountains? You know, I always wondered myself. Yeah, it's not natural. I mean, it, it could be that. It could be aliens, you know, sure. that use this uh, natural phenomenon to do their bidding yeah, and inspire around people. That's question I always ask myself, you know, is could that have something to do with living here in Oregon? You know, I got mountains all around me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't get into speculation about the, too much of that. Well, like, for example, you know, west of me over here, there's actually nothing, you know, that whatsoever that's military. Yeah, you know, and this is where they're been seeing them uh, on these farms. It's nothing but farming areas, and so, you know, again, I don't see that there's a relationship. And also, the Hestelin phenomena it doesn't, uh, you know, there's nothing around there at all. It's happening in the middle of woods, uh, and so. We got a lot of reports around woodsy areas, which made me question whether or not there was some sort of like rotting vegetation, which produced that chemical kind of thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'll say this much. I, <laughs> I work for the Army and stuff like that. I've been with them for a long time. But uh, I've been in some of those underground facilities and I, I, that you're talking about, and there aren't that many out there. <laughs> Everybody wants <laughs> I get a kick out of watching and uh, all the conspiracy stuff where they're they're saying, "Well, it's you know we're out there doing everything," yeah. and that's not true. Not true. Yeah. 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 It's funny because you know how many folks. Uh, I mean, I have a few folks uh, that are friends of mine uh, that are in the army have been in, in the army for a long time, and I've asked them, and, they, and they're like, "Man." It's it's nonsense, you know. A lot of yeah. the stuff that people think it's a conspiracy is really not. Uh, but they do tell me though, and I've heard this from several different folks, uh, that there is truth to the black budget project stuff. There is stuff that that we don't know oh, about. Yeah. That oh, is a hundred percent legit. Well, I mean, no doubt about that. Oh, flat out, we you know we would be stupid as a country to not have black you know black project money. And to not be building something when you have capabilities that are being built by other countries and, and seeing what they're building. You, you've got to keep up and you've got to keep researching and you've got to come up with ways to counter those type things. And definitely. Uh, Rich, we're all out of time here, man. It's uh, the, the hour just goes by real quick whenever you're well, on. What here, a fun you know. show, Rich. You're awesome. Hey, thanks. It's going to be a lot quicker before a year before we have you back on and uh, on this show and on the future endeavor that I'll be on uh, within uh, the next few months also. Uh, so, uh, you know, my goodness, is there anything you're going to, you know, be doing in the next few weeks that you want to promote, any events or anything like that coming up? Uh, no, not, we don't have any special events or anything like that. We're just continuing to do the, the hard digging of science, and, and I'm continuing to do the Cloverdale investigation uh, and people are, you know, if they want to get a hold of me and stuff like that, they can, they can get a hold of me and, uh, I'm happy to even have them come along with us, you know, if, if they want to do it and investigate that. But 
we're uh, we're looking we're looking to get top notch people in the in the SCU organization so we can get more and more science being done. That's a good thing. Definitely, yeah. Like right, yeah. yeah. No, and I definitely want to keep up uh, with your research because I mean, especially if you're going to be putting out stuff periodically. I I mean, you're going to be doing less of these conventions, I'm sure. But eventually, I'd like to see you, your group put together a, a nice convention and. And get some of this data out there to the public because I think this is what we all, you know, are craving for, Rich. You know, this kind of honesty and science. Uh, so yep. thank you for doing this work, my friend, and for de- devoting uh, your life to this cause. I mean, you're you're definitely one of the good guys. Well, I think you are too, and thanks for having me on. And 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 by the way, I, I love the fact that you love my bow tie. I mean, <laughs> oh. you have made me want to start wearing bow ties, and at my size, a bow tie <laughs> just looks very funny. It just does. But you inspired me to one day maybe wear a bow tie. Hey, my niece is getting married in the next couple of months, and uh, I might wear a bow tie. That's all I'm saying. Go for it, man! Do it! Do it! <laughs> yeah, Angel, go for it, man! Yeah, and what have you me, got to lose? Me a, send me a photo of it too. By the way, I, I you'd be the first person I uh, I tweet that to or I send that to on a private message. I might I'm not going to tweet it out. Sorry, folks. I would send that private, privately, <laughs> very encrypted. In, in fact, extremely encrypted messages will be sent to you, and there'll be a picture of me in a bullseye. Guys, uh, to next week. This is Skywatchers Radio. You've been listening to. Stick around. We have uh, Doctor J coming up now, and uh, uh, by all means, this has been just an awesome show. Thank you once again, Rich, for being with us, Mister Rich Hoffman, everybody. And uh, please keep up with this uh, research. Look him up on Facebook. He's uh, always, you know, very, uh, you know, open to uh, again, uh, you know, listening to. What you guys have to say and engaging in conversation and uh you know this is uh like i said one of the true good guys in ufology so uh stick uh stick around with uh, what he's you know working on and uh keep your eye on what he's doing because this is an important gentleman right here guys so next week we'll be right back here on sky watchers radio with more fun times and like i always say keep looking up to the skies because one day man, maybe you'll see something who knows right that's no, right. I'm open. Yeah, maybe I'm. Open. I don't know. I don't know if I want to see anything again, Tater. But yeah, okay. Well, in your well, case, yeah, you we know. understand your case. Yeah, we understand yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, guys, that's all for us. Take care. Bye, bye now. <laughs>